Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT, Dubai, oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We had interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week Please, with a bloody good quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. As I said, though, joined by Sidge to review the post WrestleMania backlash episode of SmackDown. What did you make of it? I had an epiphany, Wilborn, watching this episode. Good. I had an epiphany, as you know, for quite some time now. I've struggled with the idea of anybody liking this. You've wrestled with it. I've wrestled with this thing in my head of, yes, I'm just... I don't even hate it anymore. I don't even get disappointed by it anymore. I'm mostly numb and ambivalent to the events of WWE television. But there's always this thing in the back of my head where it's like, to be a, a good critic, there's a certain objectivity involved. What worked for the audience? Why would someone like this, if not necessarily me? And I've struggled because I'm thinking, this is irredeemably bad, or this is irredeemably <laughs> boring. And I've grappled with this and I'm trying to see what other people see about this television show which is the most popular one on the airwaves and I think I've got it by Jove go on comfort <laughs> as many mega fans and you know recent listeners of the podcast alike will know I've been binging Twin Peaks again mm. took four years off from a favorite thing trying to make it all fresh and new and different perspectives again. How many episodes are there across all Twin Peaks? There's seven in the first season, the pilot, then seven. Then the second season, there's, I think, around about 18. Then there's a prequel film, and then there's 18, like, 50 to an hour-long parts in season three. Okay. So it's not like the longest thing of all time, but you know, it's it's a journey. And I finished it on Saturday night, my rewatch. Oh. Last night I started again. <laughs> again, because I was just I'm I'm in the world and I love that world. Michael Hamflet's favorite thing. It's not really comfort watching, but it's just the thing that you like, so watch more of it. In terms of comfort watching, Hamflet's thing, thing that he likes the most is a comfort blanket television program, is The American Office. Yes. He will watch it. He will love it. He will watch it again and again. And he will do it with the express purpose of, it's not so much the story, it's not so much the gags, even though they're all like great up to a certain point. It's the vibe. It's the ease with mm. which you can watch it. You can settle back into that world. It's a familiar, comforting presence because there's an emotional investment in it, sure, but it's mainly just the characters that you like, 
things that you've liked, the events that have unfolded, you've enjoyed, you just enjoy the vibe of the world. And I think this is what people watch WWE for. Yeah, they're, not, they're not watching it for drama. They're not watching it for new, bold directions, necessarily. They're not watching it to be challenged in any way. They don't want any emotional investment or, or struggle or to get really behind an act and to sort of, like, live and die with the struggle of the baby face and watch and, like, pour over the finer details to see if they can illuminate something that's going to follow, if they can even sort of deepen and enhance that which has happened before. I watch AEW for those reasons, to, <laughs> to go along with the Hangman Page arc, um, something like the CM Punk MGF program, where you're really sort of details-oriented, you're on the hook, and you're desperate to watch what happens next. There's no real next with WWE ever. I just think that the lights, the commentators, the, the, the matches, it, it has this binge watch. We've seen it before. It feels like a live binge watch of something you've watched before, except yeah. it's just in a slightly different order, and people just seem to like the fact that it's the same thing every single week. To some viewers, it must I consider it a bug. A total bug in the floor of the system. I could watch this episode. I could read the synopsis of this episode and get nothing more out of it should I watch the actual content yeah. itself. Because I've kind of been doing that since before WrestleMania with the stuff that's still going on, the New Day and James's lot. I'm thinking, how can people possibly watch this as a live new thing? And then maybe this epiphany has led me to they're not watching it as a live new thing for character development and all the rest of it. It's just comfort mm. that's a fair assessment i'd say i would say this specific episode of smackdown i thought was quite good i thought it was a vast improvement on recent episodes obviously we didn't watch it last week what with it being the the, the premium live event weekend but i thought this actually set out to achieve certain things and pulled it off it was not without its flaws as always but as we go through it i'm gonna i'm gonna go to bat a little bit for wwe here there's some elements of this that i think were quite good yeah, with the show opened with uh, RK Bro coming out and welcoming us to Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, Orton said how happy they were to be there, but they're, they're just sick of this bloody chase. Look, they want those tag team titles that the Usos have got. They wanted this unification match that got taken away from them at WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, they talked about the match. Orton says, though, that after that, we all know that the Usos don't make any decisions. It's Roman who makes all the decisions for them, similar to what they said on Monday Night Raw, basically. Still yeah. Here. Um, they demanded he comes out and answers for the Usos when Sami Zayn, wearing a Bloodline T-shirt, yeah. comes out as the, quote, locker room leader and says, nobody wants to see the unification match, which the crowd obviously responded to. Um, there's a Sami Sucks chant, and he says, look, you guys should just go back to Raw, forget about the SmackDown titles, uh, and Riddle calls Sami Zayn rusty because of the colour of his hair. That's offensive. And uh, Zayn talks about, you know, the fact that he shouldn't badmouth Roman Reigns in the bloodline. Look what happened to Shinsuke Nakamura when I had to handle him as a result of that last week, for example. Um, and then Orton basically suckers Sami Zayn in. He butters him up saying, so you're you're sort of the spokesperson. You're the mouthpiece here of, of uh, the bloodline. You're basically a member. Uh, and uh, Sami Zayn says... Yeah, you could say that, I suppose. And he says, all right, well, I suppose you've got the power then. Um, let's have you versus Riddle. And if you think you're so bloody special, if Riddle beats you, then we get the unification match. And Zayn was like, uh, yeah, okay then. And they shake hands and then he rolls out of the ring and he goes, actually, maybe another day 
I've got to check some stuff with Heyman, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to get out of it. When Postman Piers walks out and decides, you know, this is a good idea. This match is official and it starts right now. Say the thing I know you're going to say. What was the match? Yeah, was what was the main event going to be? But I'm past that. I, I don't care anymore. It's just something that they are going to do. I've got a wrestling promotion that doesn't do this. So that's absolutely fair enough for me. What I like that Sami Zayn in the Bloodline t-shirt just popped me. It's going to be so good when he's got that money in the bank briefcase. Like, it does actually work. I know I always fantasy book it, but for once this year, it might actually work. Just what a little obsequious tosser <laughs> he is. Yeah. I love how there's like there's the duality of Sami Zayn at this point where it's like all kind of within the same um, palette, but he's either someone who's desperate to seek approval or just a complete and utter spineless coward. Yes. And how he can flip between those two roles is great. How he willingly set himself up to get outsmarted by a wrestling act in which of which Riddle is a part. Must mean he's the thickest guy alive. <laughs> so that's great sort of like prelim, mid-card, heel work. Um, it sets other events in motion. It ties things together. Sami Zayn is genuinely like a really valuable and entertaining so character. Good. Like I've said quite often that I don't necessarily hate sports entertainment. I think it's contrived. I can't really buy into it. But if you're going to do sports entertainment, at least do a good version yes. of it. And Sami Zayn like, epitomizes what good sports entertainment is. A great TV character. He's like a MacGuffin of a guy. But at the same time, it just works within WWE's like pretty silly context. And just him in a Bloodline t-shirt just absolutely popped me daft. And just It's so obviously getting suckered in by the veteran Randy Orton of like, oh, will you... So you're the sort of big dog around here, and he's like puffing his chest. Yeah, out. Like, I suppose I am actually. Uh, so then we got the match: Riddle versus Sami Zayn. Uh, after Postman Pierce made it official, and we went to break. Uh, we come back. They're in action, and unsurprisingly, Zayn and Riddle had a really enjoyable match. It's one of those where you kind of know the handbrake's a little bit on. It's not a premium live event, so they're not going to go all the way up to eleven, but. Yeah, these two worked just so well together. Riddle gets the early advantage. Zayn takes over. Chin lock slows him down. Uh, Riddle fights back, hits the PK, goes for the Broton. Sami Zayn gets his knees up. That takes us to another break. When we come back, Zayn's in control. Uh, he goes up top. Riddle recovers, goes up there, goes for that super RKO. But Zayn pushes him off. Uh... But then Zane, as he comes off the top, gets caught by Riddle with a kick, I think it is. Uh, Riddle goes for the bro to sleep, but Zane breaks free and hits the Mishinoku driver and then starts taunting Orton after he gets a near fall off the back of that. Goes for the draping DDT, uh, but Riddle reverses and sends Zane out to the floor and hits him in a kick with a kick to the face and a huge dive. He uh, hits the power slam, sets up for an RKO, but Zane rolls out of the ring and as Riddle goes after him, Zane posts him. And chucks him over the barricade and tries to win via count-out, just like I believe he did against Shinsuke Nakamura. But Orton you know, makes sure Riddle's awake and, and conscious and doesn't miss the count. He gets in at the last second and recovers to hit the bro Derek for the 1-2-3. And we cut backstage to see Roman and the Usos annoyed about all of this going down. Why are RK-Bro on their show? And uh, the Usos weren't happy that they said that they'd said that they couldn't make any decisions without Roman, and they were going to deal with it and answer their uh, challenge a little bit later on. But yes, shock horror, Sami Zayn and Riddle have an enjoyable match. Yeah, absolutely. I thought this was like quite well above the usual WWE TV match standard where we'd be moaned constantly that, right, okay, put these guys in a promotion that actually values good wrestling on television and it'll be much better. This didn't really give me that bittersweet feeling of, I oh, know what these guys are capable of, can they not just do it um some really nice work in here and i'm loath to put them over too much 
for reasons that we've documented on this podcast. Check the archives at length throughout 2020. Let's just put it that way. But Riddle's like awesome. <laughs> like yeah. Riddle's awesome in the ring, and it's one of those where it's almost a shame that he is because it just helps people to disassociate from the year that was 2020. But like he does a he did the catch RKO last week, which wasn't quite on Orton's level, but it was still like pretty damn awesome. Yeah. And like it's a continued thing. He likes to seek the approval of Randy. He does like the, the scoop slam and it just looks awesome. Yeah. Like it just looks great. Like Randy or uh, sorry, Riddle is like at least at least one version of a pretty great professional wrestler. And the fact that he can color outside those lines and do so much more other cool stuff just puts over how great he actually is in the ring. Um, it sort of, people forget how excellent he is because he does play a goofball and he is a cock in real life. <laughs> but inside that ring, he is legitimate. I would go as far as to call him a special talent. Yeah, he's going to be a sensational world champion one day. We can all see where he's heading. And I think he did the, dra- the draping DDT with the feet in the ropes as well in this match. So, yes, just showing that he's learning from Randy. I love this team. I don't want them to break up anymore. I don't think they should. I generally don't think they should. Like, not only is it over... They've done a lot of that as well recently. They've done a lot of that recently. It's one of their, like, sort of trademark yeah. devices. Um, I said it on the preview, I think it was, or I said it at some point, maybe on the Raw review, like, there's no reason at this point why RK Bro can't be sort of a New Day-esque act where they're always together in some way, whether the split between brands yeah. still suggested that they're still friends, they'll help each other out, you know, maybe on the one night a year when Raw and SmackDown <laughs> compete head-to-head. But at this point, they are so terrible, generally, at making new stars. Um, that if anything, as much as people will be emotionally invested in an RK Bro split because people like the act so much, and if they get it taken away from them, they'll theoretically be like sort of an emotional resonance and a genuine heat directed towards Orton. They're so useless at creating stars that they might as well just put Randy Orton all in as a top babyface again. Mm. He's just that over. Yeah, I could, and I would really, I know it's a load of bollocks, obviously, as we've seen, but I would really buy into. You know, let's say they lose the the unification match via shenanigans. I know it's next week, but it's we all know it's dragged, being dragged to hell in a cell one way or another. They lose that, but they don't split. They don't argue. They don't point fingers. They say, you know what? No, we're going to go again, and at the next paper, whatever it may be, we're going to win them back. We are going to be the unified champions. And then I don't know when it is, but the draft comes along, and yeah, Riddle gets drafted to SmackDown, or, or you know, or maybe Orton. Orton would probably work better. Orton gets drafted to SmackDown. Then you can have Orton one-on-one with Roman without making it a little bit weird and the heartbreak that Riddle would experience akin to when they split E from the New Day, for example. Yeah, I'd buy into that, even though it's a load of bollocks. And then, yes, that moment in Survivor Series where they just have a little... Oh, it would be great. And I just... Yeah, I, I, don't need to, I don't need to see Randy Orton sneak That's again. the thing. Like, I don't need to see that character again. And he's so over at this point that I just think not only would it be a diminished return to something exponentially more boring and less exciting than what he's doing now, but again, they are so useless at creating stars that you might as well go with the guy who works a safe style. He's still somehow got lots of longevity left um, when they've got so few stars elsewhere. Mm. Um, and then as uh, Sami Zayn was, uh, was walking around backstage post-match, licking his wounds, Nakamura comes up to him and says, I've run ranges at the head of the table. You're the table's ass. Very good. 
Uh, then we got the Ronda Rousey segment. I thought this was one of the highlights of the show for me. Not necessarily her talking. The, the speculation around like Paige being her manager got me very excited over the weekend. But I thought what they did here sure was uh, was was really really good stuff. So they do the recap, obviously, of the I Quit match with with Charlotte Flair, and uh, you know Rousey comes out and huge bab, and she's celebrating, running through the fans, and she's this babyface favorite now, which is nice to see because there was some rough going in the midst of the. Uh, Royal Rumble stuff early on. And she talked about Charlotte Flair. She talked about her being such a hell of a challenge and a, and a tough competitor. And, you know, she was a 13-time champion, but now Ronda's the champion. I mean, she still is 13-time champion, but now Ronda's the SmackDown Women's Champion. And, yeah, good babyface stuff here. The fans want a fighting champion, not just someone who comes out and talks about being a champion. So she issues an open challenge. And me and Hamlet were sort of speculating about on this on the preview on Friday. I was like, who the hell's next for her? Who on earth could they have face her? Aside from bringing back a Bailey, which would be incredibly dumb in terms of a baby face. Bailey would get a baby face reaction. Bailey probably should be a baby face when she comes back, at least initially. You've only just got everyone really on side with Ronda Rousey. So we were like, it's not that. Who's left? And it was like, Zia Lee? Like, you've you got Shayna, but Shayna's, you can't be tonight because Shayna's in the tag team title match, for example. So she issues this open challenge, and I'm like, who on earth is going to answer that? And it is Raquel Rodriguez. Is Raquel Rodriguez versus Ronda Rousey in a rumble. In the, um, <laughs> uh, Rodriguez comes out, and I thought, right, this is interesting. What are they going to do here? Because they've got smiling Raquel. You know, we've seen what she can do in NXT. Uh, but she's uh, she is a baby face here, and she's often... As they are in the early days of, of moving up to the main roster, just happy to be here. But she comes down and promised to make history and shakes hands with Ronda Rousey. And then they did WWE's version. There's, I'm sure there's, you know, there has been better versions in other promotions, for example. But I thought a really good job of WWE's version of getting someone over in defeat. I thought Raquel Rodriguez, because I thought, right, if she just gets beaten here by Ronda Rousey, Piper's pit one, two, three, congratulations, you've ruined your, you know, potential two, three-year baby face, basically. But no, she looked mint. She looked really good. She came close to defeating the SmackDown Women's Champion, and they shook hands afterwards, and she got that sort of attaboy from Ronda Rousey. Hopefully that will carry her going forward, and then in six months' time when she fights for another world championship, you'll have this to lean on. Yeah, Rodriguez comes in and dominates the match early on. She is the bigger competitor. Look at the bloody size of her. She used power moves early on, fall-away slam, second fall-away slam. Uh, Cole's explaining it away as well. Some good stuff from Michael Cole on commentary saying she was just in an I quit match. You might not be able to see all the bruises on her, but you could see some. She's been through the bloody you know ringer in the last five days, so that might be why she's not necessarily dominating, despite the fact she's a former UFC champion. Rousey tries to fight back, but Rodriguez dominates again. Side slam. Um, she misses a splash, though, and that allows Ro Rousey to take over. And Rousey, using her MMA background, puts her in a guillotine, and Rodriguez brilliantly powers out of it, countering into a suplex. Then Rousey decides, all right, we'll just switch to literally MMA fight, and just starts kicking her and striking her and punching her. She hits a knee. She hits a kick to the head. She picks her off a Piper's pit. Rodriguez just gets out of it, torture racks her, and then Samoan drops her for a great uh, two-count two. She goes up for that powerbomb finisher. I think it's the Chingo Chingona bomb that, that we're calling it. Uh, goes up for that. Rousey gets out of it. Rousey reverses brilliantly into an ankle lock. Rodriguez gets out of that. 
kicks Rousey in the head, goes for the powerbomb, but Rousey rolls through and pins Raquel Rodriguez, just escaping with the SmackDown Women's Championship. And as I said, they shake hands afterwards. A star-making performance for me, this. It was good. Um, way better than I can. If, you, if I'd saw this written down, I'd be like, oh, for God's sake, she's <laughs> been in there, what, all of a month? And I get that the optics of someone so... Well, they've got so few stars, and this one is very much in the Vince mold of, like, a big worker. Female you, Diesel. Yeah. You'd think, oh, Christ. Like, seems like a waste of time. But I just think there was more nuance to that take because, as you said, the strength of her performance. She got several near falls. I still don't think this is... This is a, a good version of an imperfect story to tell, if that makes any sense. Yeah, we, when we thought, to be fair as well, before people start you know, throwing stones, we said the exact same thing when I think it was Dante Martin versus Hangman Page when they just went, oh, we'll just do a title match on, I think it was a Dynamite or something. Yeah. It's one of those where we all know they're not going to be a championship, and I know we all know what you're trying to do here. Yeah. Is, that, is that what you... No, I guess, but it's just like, I wouldn't necessarily... Like, the spirit of defeat is one of my favourite tropes, where you just show a lot of heart and skill, be just not quite a championship level, but the, the takeaway is one day that performer might be. I'm not necessarily sure that Raquel Rodriguez, easy for me to say, hmm. is necessarily the best shout for this particular story, but I'm still glad that WWE thought they could tell it hmm. because I'm so sick of disqualifications. Exactly. I'm so sick of rematches. This is a fresh match with a clean finish that sort of... Kill two birds with one stone. I still don't like the visual of happy, smiling, happy to be there. Raquel Rodriguez just beaming with joy at the idea of being in the main roster ring and then losing and being quite happy about it. I don't think the casting was right, but I'm thrilled that they told this kind of story because genuinely they should be doing this so much more often. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I think the reason why I'm heaping so much praise on it is like, do this more. Like, I don't mind if you, you know someone wins or loses a match, as long as you're definitive like, and you have a plan, so it's not just a squash, you're like, yeah, you're losing, but you're getting most of the offense, and yeah, you're taking the world champion, a former MMA world champion, to her absolute limit, and this will inform, like you say, the story going forward. Just, I always have to caveat this, because I'm scared that this will come back and haunt us. Just don't have her next week lose in two minutes to Shotzi Blackheart, for example. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Speaking of which, uh, Shotzi Blackheart uh, uh, is complaining to Postman Pierce backstage after this match, saying that she was on her way to accept Rousey's challenge, but then uh, she got shoved out of the way by Raquel Rodriguez. And in comes Aliyah, who says, you think that's bad? You locked me in the locker room so I couldn't come out and, and they have an argument and Pierce goes, and blah, you know, what are they on about? <laughs> then we got an interview with Mad Cat Moss, who thankfully today it seems is being reported as, as getting a bit of a gimmick change because I think it's it's overdue now. Um, you know, the character worked in terms of a, a stooge for, for, for Baron Corbin, for Happy Corbin, whatever we want to call him. And uh, then you have the turn, but then... What? Like, it's the old it Alex Ryder? It was that, it's like, right, what, okay, you've turned on your mentor. Now what? And if they just stay Alex like Riley. that. Person, Alex Riley, yeah. sorry, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I think they need, he needs something, and this, this might be the, the way to do it, even though they're just going to run this match back at least once more. So they recap the match at Backlash and uh, the Andre the Giant trophies at ringside, so we all know where this is heading. And Hey, Kayla! Uh, interviews uh, Mad Cat Moss and he talks about beating Corbin, it being the biggest moment of his career, beating the big bald wolf, uh, talks about his career goals. He wants to make a mixed tag team with Sasha Banks called Mad Cat Boss. I knew you were going to pop for this. I watched this and groaned. You, probably, you wait for my favorite bit of all. He promised to win money in the bank or said he could, you know, at least could, could envisage doing something like that. Uh, and he was going to replace the title belt with title suspenders, which I, for one, would love to see. Um, but before we could go any further, in comes Corbin, just murders him with a chair, beats him down, rolls out the ring, gets the Andre the Giant trophy. I think, what are you going to do with this? Are you going to hit him with it? Are you going to break it? No, he's going to wrap the chair around Madcap Moss's throat and then drop the trophy on it, pilmanizing his throat, basically, uh, but the highlight for me, the highlight of this entire episode, he's there, he's got the neck brace on, he's being wheeled to the back, he's going to be taken to a local medical facility. But before that happens, he's stopped by Happy Baron, whatever we call Corbin, who's got a little joke for uh, Madcap. He says, where does Madcap go when he gets injured? You send him to the hospital. Excellent. That is Day levels of jokes with these two. Top tier, A-grade, fantastic. Yeah. This gimmick change can't come a moment too soon because you got a glimpse of... It'll all circle back around. It's WWE. It's very cyclical. You got a glimpse of the Welcome to Monday Night Raw version of Riddick Moss, which is probably going to come in two years if, in fact, they can... Like, look at his body. Oh, my look God. Look at that propulsion that he's got. He can be somebody. And I think everyone... It's the universal take. 
everyone knows it can be someone. It's just hard to invest in the character as is. And if this is a uh, rumoured repackage, it cannot come a minute too soon because he died a death. Yeah. Trying to be the gregarious guy. It's one thing to say terrible jokes that are patently scripted and are there to be... I don't know why they do this, but terrible jokes on purpose that you, you're meant to groan at. Well... <sighs> It's almost too effective. <laughs> so he's evolved now into someone who's trying to like play the room and trying to do like longer jokes about that bit about how Corbin was saying something when he was in a movie. He's gonna tap out because he was so bored. Or yeah, this I, whole I bit, couldn't even be asked to write that bit down. This whole extent. <laughs> those who didn't watch the show, Madcap Moss used to date jokes along the lines of, you know, it's terrible, just one liners, and now he's doing like bits, like these prolonged. Like stand-up jokes where you tell a long joke and you try and play to the room and all the rest of it. What's the deal with airline food, huh? Yeah, he's basically doing that. And it was absolutely rotten. No one was on board with what he was saying. I think the general gist was I would tap out if Happy Corbin talked to me during a match because that's how boring he is. That was the general gist. And it was just painful, absolutely painful. And just ditch this aspect of his character. Mospital joke was good, though, wasn't it? And my, my cap can come back and say, uh, oh, you think you got a W over me by sending me to the hospital? Let's check your win Moss record. And he's got one because he beat him at the premium live event. There you go. Just don't call him Moss. That's all I'm saying. I get it. He can't be my cap anymore. But he also can't just be Moss. Just be Riddick Moss. It's really easy, isn't it? Be Riddick? Be Riddick. Yeah, Riddick's actually really cool. Riddick. R- <laughs> Not anymore, but okay. <laughs> Riddick. Riddick. Uh, I don't know what just call him Dave. I don't, I don't <laughs> well played there. Well, you stopped yourself there. I'm very happy with that. All right, okay. Just call him Dave. Uh, women's tag team title match is next. Uh, it's Sasha Banks and Naomi defending against Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Uh, again, they they factored in the story of the many many weeks that these guys have been feuding and uh, Baszler hurting Naomi's arm a few weeks back. That factored in early on with, with Baszler in control, working Naomi's arm over. Banks comes in. She fires up. Uh, she hits a meteora on Natalia. That gets a near fall, uh, puts the bank statement on, but Baszler comes in and breaks it up. And we go to break. When we come back, the heels have taken control. They've isolated Sasha Banks, cut her off from Naomi. Uh, it looks like Banks is going to make the tag, but just before she can get there, Baszler attacks Naomi, pulls her off the apron, um, and uh, tries to injure her arm again by stamping on it on the apron, but Naomi just moves. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Banks takes Baszler out with a knee. That allows Naomi to get the hot tag to come in and run wild. Baszler manages to fight back and uh, tries to cheat to win with Natalia's help, but the referee catches them. I think uh, Natalia was holding um, Baszler's feet on the ropes, for example. Then Naomi catches Natalia in the full Nelson, but uh, Natalia breaks free and slams down uh, Sasha Banks. Naomi hits the full Nelson bomb. That gets a two count. And then Natalia fights back and gets hit with a kryptonite. The sharpshooter, of course. Uh, Natalia goes to put Naomi in the sharpshooter, but Naomi small packages her. One, two, three. Naomi and Sasha, unsurprisingly, retain the women's tag titles. Yeah, this is where my analogy at the start falls apart. Because it's one thing to say, oh, you know what, like... Seen it a million times, but just such a warm thing watching Jim and Pam very slowly get together, and then it's so wonderful when they actually do. And it's like, oh, God, that those seminal televised moments where, like, Naomi and Shayna Baszler are in the ring together. It's not quite the same as it. <laughs> to some people, it obviously, it, is, it obviously is. Maybe this is the wrong match to be, like, snarky about, because I didn't think this was bad at all. No! Um, I really liked the bit where, having worked on the arm throughout the entire match... 
and there's a really unique save when Shayna Baszler like kicks the arm out, mm-hmm. um, and Naomi can no longer mount the pin. I thought that was really quite smart. Um, low stakes, nothing like electrifying or like really painful looking about the ring work, but it was a fun WWE tag match goes where it was kind of all action. There were no lulls. Um, I thought this was genuinely quite good. All I'll say after this, the only caveat I'll give, because I completely agree, this was a, a pleasant surprise to give them completely uh, backhanded compliment here, is, right, let's move on. Have Natalia do whatever no. she wants to do with Cora Jade in NXT, free up Sasha and Naomi to face the Scottish team that's forming on, on Raw with Nikki and, and Dudeb, and then Shayna Baszler is free to fight Ronda Rousey, because that's one of the only feuds you can do with her right now. You're watching the wrong show, as I've di- as I've covered Willborne. This is a live, recurring version of a binge watch series that's already been cancelled. Right, that's what this is. Yeah, uh, this feud may well continue. Uh, Ricochet's chatting to Drew Gulak in the back, and he gives him a bit of a motivational pep talk. And Drew Gulak says, yeah, I'm going to be the best version I'm going to be. And when I see see Gunther next, I'm going to tell him what I really think of him. And, of course, he immediately walks around the corner, and there's Ludwig Kaiser and Gunther, who sort of go, what was he going to say to, to him? And Gulak sort of stammers. <laughs> so Gunther... This, this is the guy I want. This is, this is, that was a glimpse. This was a glimpse of Walter. Rips his shirt off and then chops the life out of him. And uh, this may have been shoot. Like, Gulag went down to sell the chest shot. I assume that was part of it, but he hit him so hard. And the, the way they shot it and the way they got the audio well, uh, nice on this, you were like, yeah, I'd probably collapse too if that guy did it to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the, the general worry about Volta or Gunther, whatever the hell they're calling him, is that you're not going to get the guy who's going to, like, literally blacken your chest because that's how much it hurts visibly. And then you get all those, like, famous images of Walter on the indie scene. You're not going to get quite like that, but at the same time, you still want to chop somebody at some point. <laughs> yes. So maybe there's a happier medium. I also want, to not to invoke AEW again, but for people who aren't aware of Ludwig Kaiser... Keep that jacket on him at all costs, right up until the moment that he needs to do something. I'm not suggesting that they should have Walter and Gunther in trouble regularly, but like, remember when Jose, the assistant, took his top off and we were like, Where, where's, where's that been? Yeah. We know what Ludwig Kaiser looks like. We know in what incredible shape he's in, but a lot of them don't. Yeah. They just think, oh, vague German man with other, I think, German man. That's the basically the presentation we've got. So... Yeah, let's keep that under wraps for the time being. But yeah, the ominous walking around the corner and just thinking Ludwig Kaiser's in Gulak's face going, say it now, go on. You said I just heard you say you were gonna say something. What happened to Fabian Aikner? Uh I think, I hope they're saving something for him on because I think he's still in Duper O. So yeah. maybe you get some single stuff because we were we were heaping lots of yeah, praise. He was absolutely awesome for the past like six months. Like just awesome in the ring. It that could be not- it could be a great, yeah, great. I say great hand. I've realised what happens when you say that about people with like Sean Spears. But yeah, he could be an, a sensational title challenger. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. Then we got Kofi Kingston versus Butch. Which I was going to say again. I'm not sure if we've we've had so many variations. Oh, we've probably God, had all of them a million so times. So tempted to say skip. Yeah. <laughs> New day. Does that work on this New podcast? New day versus fight night. Unfortunately not. Ah. That only applies on Raw. I'll go through it quickly because 
at the beginning of this, they recapped Sheamus and, and Ridge Bloody Holland beating the New Day in a tables match, which I thought was going to be the conclusion. Well, to be honest, I thought the conclusion was at WrestleMania, but there we go. Um, Kingston. It's me. Yeah, Kingston uh, drop kicks Butch at the start, um, but Butch comes back and uses some forearms uh, to take control, and Kingston misses a sliding drop kick, but manages to hit a springboard forearm to take control to take us to the break when we come back. Uh, Kingston's in trouble, but he fights back. Standing drop kick goes for that springboard clothesline, but Butch just nails him with a forearm as he's flying through the air. Uh, Kingston manages to hit the SOS. That just gets him a two count, though. He hits the double foot stomp, sets up for a trouble in paradise, but at that point, the Foytnoid boys uh, decide to interfere. Ridge Holland jumps up on the apron, but Woods pulls him down, and then Woods turns straight into a bro kick from Sheamus. Sheamus gets on the apron. Kingston super kicks him off it, but turns around into the bitter end from Butch, who gets a win. He's, is that his first win? I don't know. Really they they did, made him lose quite a lot. Um, regardless, Butch wins and then still tries to run off briefly, <laughs> runs into the crowd, and then returns to celebrate with his boys. Um, what do you make of this whole this Butch character? Uh, I can't be asked. <laughs> I, 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 I don't hate it at all. Like, uh, again, when WWE gives you the same content every week to analyze, it's going to um, just result in the same takes because mm-hmm. it sounds like there's something else I can talk about. I've said, go back October 2019. I was the first on the train with this. Me and Vince McMahon got something in common, right? Because I thought, this is the most boring TV character imaginable. I do not care how good he is in the ring. If I don't care about his matches, then it's just soulless, great technical wrestling with no emotional stakes or residence to it whatsoever. And Pete Dunne's character from October 2019 to whenever the hell he became Butch was, I don't care. Mm. Oh, me neither. Yeah. This is so much more entertaining. This is so much more logical within the WWE storytelling universe. I'm into it. And then they do the same thing or variations of it since before and after WrestleMania. And I just see any five like players in the storyline, Sheamus, Ridge, Butch, Kofi, Xavier, and I, I, numb to this. They're just doing moves. And it's they not- are just doing moves. Some of them are really good. And I'll oh, yeah. put Butch over. There's this really silly spot where Kofi feigns to do some kind of dive over the ring. He like sort of Oh, and he bounced on the he top bounced rope. off yeah. the top, abdomen first on the ropes like 10 times, and they got the crowd to sing along with 10. And then the whole time, Butch is just kind of stood there, and he still falls for the fact that it's a ruse and he gets kicked in the head. He sells that as if he isn't an idiot, as if Kofi's smart, even though he should be an idiot, and it just speaks to his physical time and how good he is. Um, I'm so bored. Mm. I'm so bored of all of this. I just watch it, and it just moves happen in front of me. Yeah, and it's not even like... You know, I'd maybe have a little bit more leeway for this storyline if I was like, if well, it was a storyline. Well, yeah, if it was, if a it was sto- a storyline in which things happened and <laughs> like it wasn't just things happening and then oh, the other things happened to cancel out that thing and then oh, and again and again and yeah. again. Yeah, well, yeah. If it was a storyline, I would be more um, like generous towards invested, the storyline. Yeah. yeah, if it was a storyline, or if I knew, well, he's you know next recovered, he's going to come back and finally, you know, he's going to make the save. He's not. I know. He's so far away from returning, so I just. But on the other hand, I do. I'm intrigued to see what they, the story they tell next with the Voidnoid boys. In terms of, they seemingly brought Butch in, but he was so erratic that he couldn't get his head around sports entertainment, and therefore he lost a load of matches. And then he got angry at them, and then went missing, and then came back. But now he's channeled his anger, and 
has won, but maybe now they've got some uh, a rabid dog that they can't control. I don't know, but I anticipate, again, this feud is probably far from over when it needed to be over. Yeah, on like April 5th or something. Yeah, it is just, I don't care. No. Uh, main event time. Oh, God. Mate, well, before main event, I should say. Oh, my God, mate. It's fine. It's just a brief Sami Zayn segment. He's uh, kissing Paul Heyman's ass and just saying, I just want to make sure... The whole bit of beginning riddle and me promising stuff and then you having to make sure that that's not actually, you know, the whole thing has not meant that they're getting a unification match, but he sort of opened the door for it. And uh, I just want to make sure Roman's we're still still good, right? And Heyman just puts his arm around Sam. Sammy, 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 the tribal chief, he appreciates you. Ominous. Yes. Good. Uh, and then we get, oh, I just love, I've got to tell you, uh, went camping with some mates this weekend, so I was rapidly trying to catch things up on, on Sunday night. It's getting late. Still got a rampage to watch, blah, blah, blah. Oh, thank God the bloodline are making an entrance. It's five minutes, baby. Skip. Skip. <laughs> Skip, please. Does all the whole entrance. That, again, that takes a bloody age. Um, and then he uh, d- commands the uh, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to acknowledge him. Uh, and uh, I did like the bit where he says, look, guys, you know, this this plays out now. I smash someone on Sunday. I come out on Friday and name, you know, who's next, basically. But this time it's a little bit different. There's nobody left. I've beat, I've beat everybody. I've beat everybody. He's doing the Bob Holly push. Exactly. He, be, he talks about beating Brock. He talks about beating Cena. Um I was really hoping he was going to say he was going back to the island to get his knob out again. That was my favourite when he said, I just had a break and just was wandering around with my massive cock out on an island, basically. He doesn't quite go that far because uh, instead he, draw, he brings his attention to the Usos, who says, but they do have uh, someone next. We know who they're next. Get them out of here. RK bro come out. Um, and Orton says, all right, calm down. You didn't smash John Cena. John Cena's ten times the superstar that you are. Right, uh, Orton was quite fired up here. There was a bit where he just he seemingly off the cuff was like, I just realised I'm taller than you, by the way. Uh, but he's all fired up. Um, and uh, they, 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 again, they they want this unification match. They want to take these titles off the Usos. Uh, Riddle talks about, you know, re-watching the match uh, against them at WrestleMania Backlash and talks about uh, watching something on his laptop at night and reaching into his uh, nightstand. And Orton's like, whoa, whoa. what are you going to talk about, jacking it? Well, I thought, I didn't know what the subtext was, and I realised he was talking about jacking off his cack. Yeah, I, I thought it was either that or he's going to get a doobie. Maybe he could go like... Ready, bro. I'm still ready, bro. Uh, maybe he was talking about how he was going to roll a doobie. Yes. Smoke it and then jack off his cack. <laughs> either way, he was actually reaching Why for headphones. Both? Yes. And Orton said, uh, to be fair, I didn't know where you were going for that. But yeah, they demanded unification. I knew where he was going. He was, he was alluding to the fact that he touches his cack he at night. Cack, yeah. Um, they want a unification match, and Orton sort of goes, I know you've only got one brain between you, and I'll slowly explain it to you. Uh, and Reigns... More time to skip as well. It's just so <laughs> awesome, the segment. Reigns uh, is sort of looking unimpressed, but sort of allow, you know allows them to, to speak for themselves, uh, and they accept it. Next week, it will be a tag team title unification match, and the Usos say, look... You know, we're gonna we're gonna win all the gold. Basically, you're gonna have you're gonna have two belts here, you're gonna have two belts here, and you're gonna have two belts uh, on the shoulders of the tribal chief Roman Reigns. And then out of nowhere, appropriately, Riddle knees Roman Reigns in the face, a cheap shot to the tribal chief of all people. <gasps> oh my god! And RK Bro roll out the ring, and there's just this stare down to close out SmackDown. I mean, I know, and I will talk about this on the preview they did this week. Here. 
but I know nothing's going to happen next week in terms of that's not going to be a definitive closure. They've got a premium live event in about two weeks after that. But uh, nice to see not always just being the bloodline standing tall to close SmackDown, I suppose. Yeah, they're still standing up. They're still doing that. Yeah. This was like they did a knob joke, a, a jacking off joke. They set up something that they decided not to do because doing something is inconvenient to them because, of course, they just do live comfort binge watching from shows that have been cancelled. I've come here to wrestle. Situ- I've not come to work to record podcasts. No, no. Um, <laughs> look, I, I kind of got the sense that nothing was going to happen. So I just went, skip a little bit. Oh, nothing happened. Great. Mm. I, I've saved myself valuable minutes. <laughs> but all in all, i got to say, like you say, yes, there was a tendency to, to fall back on lazy tropes. Of, uh, uh, less bollocks uh, is the best way of putting it on, on this episode of SmackDown. <laughs> so pleasant surprise, I thought. Still 50% of it that I've already seen. <laughs> yeah, granted. And everything else wasn't particularly like striking or electrifying or God damn it, I must tune in to watch next week. Like the Raquel Rodriguez stuff, though. Right. Then it's a new. Yeah. Maybe it's been revived. Maybe it's maybe it's a reboot. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, let us know your thoughts on Friday Night SmackDown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... I'm so desperate for a piss. At M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be previewing Monday Night Raw a little bit later on today and reviewing AEW Rampage, of course. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.